He had the key to life, and you have the key to your heart. Open up that door and connect with the Lord Jesus. Connect with the great shepherd. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, is the great shepherd. All week long, I have been giving little snippets, little strands of this message in my morning 714 prayer time, and, and so I just uh, I want to bring it all together today. Now, I do have a, a talking point handout. We used to have handouts that we would give right here in the sanctuary where people would fill in the blank. We can't do that right now, so if you'll go to our website, you should be able to pull that handout uh, up, and there's some talking points there. You kind of follow along and also have the scriptures that I'm going to be reading from will also be there as well. And so, praise the Lord. What is a shepherd? Well, if the, the definition actually is someone who herds sheep. But there's more to it than just herding sheep. It's about tending to the needs of the sheep. It's about guarding the sheep, guiding the sheep, protecting the sheep. Someone who, and I love, this is my favorite definition, someone who carefully watches over the sheep. That's what a shepherd a shepherd is. Our conversation today isn't about the local pastors who are also called shepherds of a local flock, uh, a, a group of people that attend a specific church. I want to talk to you today about the great shepherd, our heavenly father, where we would capitalize that S, the great shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 11, it says, and I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. It's just what Mr. Mike was talking about just a moment ago. John 10, 14. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. How about Isaiah 40, verse 11? He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. We have a great shepherd. He's an incredible shepherd. He carefully watches over each and every one of us. I've asked you all week long to read the 23rd Psalm. I hope you've done that. I'm going to read it now just as I have every morning this week. And so grab your Bibles and open it up to the 23rd Psalm, Psalm 23. We're going to break this down a little bit, and I believe it's going to bless you. Are you ready? Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I've read that every single day, actually more than once every single day, but at least live every single day in our 714 prayer. And it's not once faded in its power. It's not once paled in the presence of what it has to say. It's, it's an amazing, beautiful poetic section of scripture that quite frankly everyone is familiar with the 23rd psalm 
Now, often when I have, uh, as I've raised up other preachers around me, I'll often tell them, I'll ask them the question, uh, can you tell me your whole sentence in one, excuse me, your whole message in one sentence? I want to do that today, and I'm going to repeat that sentence a few times. If you want the calm of the psalm, you're going to have to become one of the shepherd's sheep. Let me say that again. If you want the calm of the psalm, you're going to have to become one of the shepherd's sheep. A shepherd has some primary activities. The shepherd provides, the shepherd protects, and those are the two things that I kind of want to talk about today. The shepherd provides. In Psalm 23, verse 1, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Say, is my. He is my shepherd. So my point number one is that the shepherd provides through relationship. You see, I can't say the Lord is my shepherd if I'm not in relationship with the shepherd. You can't say the Lord is your shepherd if you're not in relationship with the shepherd. Now, again, and I said this this week, I am not a grammatical uh, wizard at all. Uh, In fact, I barely made it through high school, y'all. I just studied a whole lot after school. I wish I'd have studied a little bit more while I was in school. But the Lord is. Is is a present tense word, which means right now, in this moment, in this situation, no matter what's going on, He is. Not going to be, not was, but is right now. The psalmist uses that word, my. That word, my, is a possessive personal pronoun. Now, even, even that was hard enough to say, let alone to know what it all means. But basically, it is a, it, it's a replacement of a noun showing that this new word now has personal ownership. Wow, man, that really means so much to me that I can be able to say the Lord is right now my, my shepherd. I know that he's the shepherd of every child of God across the planet, but I can say because I have a relationship with him that right now, right here in this moment, he is my shepherd. Can you say, can you say it with the same passion? Can you say it with the same vigor that you could stand up and, and beat your chest and say, he's my shepherd, he's mine, I'm, I'm in relationship with the great shepherd. It's all about relationship. In fact, if you don't have the relationship, you can't say, he is my shepherd. Again, if you want the calm of the psalm, you're going to have to become one of the shepherd's sheep. Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. This is my second point. The shepherd provides replenishment. When you have a relationship with a shepherd, he will replenish you to such a degree that you will be able to say, I don't want. I shall not want. I have no need. He's covered everything for me. And again, remember that it started with a relationship. You can't even say, he is your shepherd if you're not in relationship with him. And so it's because of that relationship that you're able to say, I'm fully content. I'm fully satisfied. I have everything that I need. I shall not want. Psalm 34 verse 9 says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want for those who fear the Lord. But remember, if you want the calm of the psalm, you're going to have to become one of the shepherd's sheep. In Psalm 23 verse 2, it says these words, He makes me to lie down 
in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. And that's my third point. The shepherd provides rest. Now I'm going to say this, this thing a few times during this message. It's sequential. It starts with relationship. And it's through that relationship that you receive replenishment to the point that you can say, I got no troubles. I got no wants. I have no cares. He's got it all. You know what that leads to? It leads to a season of rest. After relationship, after rest, excuse me, after replenishment, the shepherd gives us rest. Did you notice that he said, he makes me to lie down? That's actually something that happens with the sheep. You know, we've all, right now, we've been made, if you will, to stay at home. I think it's kind of interesting that the, the parallel of those two things. Did you know that, that sheep cannot properly digest their food unless they're lying down? They're at a place of rest. Did you know that sheep will not drink from a moving stream of water? They need still waters. You see, to lie down, especially for uh, an animal of any kind, to lie down conveys a sense of rest. It conveys a sense of safety. It conveys a sense of peace. Can you say those things that you have safety, that you have peace, that you have calm? You know what? I'm so thankful that the Lord gives us seasons of rest. I pray that you have, you have been using this time uh, of stay-at-home orders to rest in the Lord, to read the Scriptures of God, to, to spend time in the presence of the Lord so that you can have that relationship with Him so He can replenish you to the point that you can say, I shall not want, and there becomes a moment to be able to rest, to find safety, and to find security. And what comes right after that? Well, it's in Psalms 23, verse 3, where it says, He restores my soul. The shepherd brings restoration. He restores my soul. Now, let's park there for a minute, because I want, to, I want you to remember that we are created as a three-part being. We are essentially and fundamentally a spirit, a spirit that lives into eternity, either eternity with the Lord because we've accepted Jesus Christ or eternity away from God because we've rejected Jesus Christ. But we also have an earth suit, and that's this, this skin, this part of us that, quite frankly, is dying a little bit every day. But in all of that, there's a soul. And that soul is the part of us that is a, our thinking, our logic, our reasoning, uh, our, our ways of, of uh, working through things with the, with the mind. It's about our emotions, about our will. Did you notice he didn't say, and he restores your body? He said, and he didn't say, I'll restore your spirit. He said he restores our soul. I like that part of it. You know, he is the repairer and the restorer of broken things. But where did it start, friends? It started with a relationship with the Lord Jesus so that you could say, the Lord is my shepherd. And because of that, you have a sense of well-being, and you can say, I don't, I, don't, I don't need anything except him. I shall not want. And then he brings you into a time of rest, and it's through that rest that you begin to restore your soul. I think he restores as well. This, I can speak to this out of personal testimony. He can restore your wasted years. 
And it was an old, wasn't there an old country song? Wasted days and wasted nights. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. But many of us have had that. We could, uh, we could sing that song. We've had wasted days and wasted nights, wasted months, wasted years. I could look back on that, and I'm so grateful that the restorer of my soul, the one who repairs the broken things in my life, can even restore the wasted years. Another way that I speak from experience, you know, for years and years and years, I was a, just a crazy pot smoker. I was a pothead big time. I did all kinds of different drugs. And they say, of course, that that stuff destroys your brain cells, and, and, and I, you know, I don't, know how, I don't know how many brain cells have to be killed before you become dumb. <laughs> but I can tell you what, that over the years, the Lord has even restored that because my memory, my ability to, to have uh, uh, cognitive skills has been restored from the times of my day, from the life that I lived back then. He has restored my wasted years. Amen. And that's scriptural. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, a brand new creation. It says, in fact, the old things have passed away. Behold, that's a powerful word, behold, all things have become new. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a praise for that. That's good news right there. <clears throat> Can I help you with something? With you all not here, the praise I'm getting from this crew is quite pitiful. <laughs> well, let me summarize and we'll move on. The Lord is my shepherd. It's personal. It's right now. I shall not want. He replenishes my life. He provides replenishment. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. <clears throat> Excuse me a minute. Therefore, the Lord provides rest, rest for our soul. In verse, and then number four, he restores my soul. He's the God of restoration. There's a catch, though. There's a string attached. If you want the calm of the psalm, you're going to have to become one of the shepherd's sheep. Psalm 23, verse 3 says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And that's my fifth point. The good shepherd leads us in righteousness. He dusts us off. He sends us in the right direction. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. Paths are trails in an area that may be wooded or filled with brush Yet the path is beaten down. It's laid there before you from those who've gone before. So in other words, he leads us in the way that we should go. He directs our steps. I love that passage in Psalm 23, excuse me, Psalm 37, verse 23, where it says, The steps of a good man or the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the, of the Lord, and he delights in his way. We need the Lord to guide us in the way that we should go. He should be our GPS, our God positioning system that gives us the directions that we have in life. Why is that? Because we, like sheep, have no homing device. We have no sense of direction. Did you know that a sheep can't even make it into the shepherd's corral without the, the shepherd there to lead them into the gate? Even that. See, we need that. And the Lord 
He sent his Holy Spirit not only to comfort us, not only to convict us, but also to help us and to guide us. John 16, verse 13, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Amen. So I think it's time for us to get out of the driver's seat and let the Holy Spirit lead us in the way that we should go. Quit telling God which way he should go and just submit to God and say, I'll go wherever you lead me, Lord. I will follow whichever direction you go. That's the direction I'm going. I'm following you. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is the fact that the great shepherd protects us. That's number six on your talking point sheet. I want you to notice something, though, in the 23rd Psalm. It's in verse 4 that things take a drastic change. There's a real turn. Verses 1 through 3, everything was sunshiny and warm. Green pastures, still waters. What a wonderful, wonderful, cozy, pretty picture. And and it's a pretty good picture as well. But in verse 4, things turn from sunshiny to shadowy. Things get dark. The point is, is that God provides for us not only in the good times, but God protects us through the dark times as well. Psalm 23, verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The promise is that, that the good things aren't you know, just in the good times, that the Lord is there with us in the bad times. And it's not about good that says that life's not going to have trouble, that life's not going to have thorny roads, because we need to recognize that it's in the pain, it's in the trouble, regardless of what that pain is, God is there. He is with us. He is still with us. And I think that's something to be able to shout hallelujah for. Go ahead and shout hallelujah right now. Amen. I want to I read just a few scriptures to you this morning that I believe will be a strength to you. And I believe that there's some people, maybe even here, but certainly that are listening to me, that you desperately need to hear these passages of scripture. I think that you're in situations where you wonder, where's God? Why isn't he answering my prayer? Why isn't he listening to me? When, when's he going to show up on my behalf? Well, listen carefully to these following verses. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. Check it out. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. What a powerful passage. Psalm 37, verse 28. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. He doesn't turn his back on us. He is with us always. How about Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, where it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you. Yes, I will uphold you in my righteous right hand. You know what the right hand signifies? No denigration to all you lefties. The right hand in in, in Scripture signifies the strength of the Lord. And he's holding you. He is with you. Psalm 46, verse 1. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the entire Bible. God is our refuge and he is our strength. Listen, a very present, say the word present, a very present help in time of trouble. He is there with you. So now 
for a moment, let's go back to verse 4 in Psalm 23. I want you to notice that it says, we walk through, come on somebody, the valley of the shadow of death. We don't park there. We don't camp out there. You don't stop there in the valley of shadow. We walk through it. We keep walking through it because on the other side of darkness is brightness. On the other side of gloom, there's gladness. On the other side of weeping, there's laughter. Come on, somebody. On the other side of a grim, bleak forecast is the glory of God. you got to walk through the hard times. you got to walk through the troubled times. <clears throat> and I want you to remember this. It's no great revelation. The shadow can't hurt you. You know, the shadow of a dog won't bite you. It's the dog that bites you. The shadow won't hurt you. And what you have to do is you have to stay close enough to the shepherd. Oh, hallelujah. Because when there's a shadow, that's because there's light. The light that casts the shadow. And our great shepherd is the light of the world. Amen. John 12, 46 in the New Living Translation says, this is Jesus' words, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will not remain in the dark. I wish somebody would give the Lord a praise in the house today. Amen. All right, stop clapping because here's the catch. If you want the calm of the psalm, you're going to have to become one of the shepherd's sheep. Psalm 23, verse 6. I know I've probably said every part of the 23rd psalm is my favorite, but I love this one right here. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Number seven is the great shepherd causes goodness and mercy to follow us. That's right. Everywhere I go, there's goodness, there's mercy. It's following me all the days of my life, and I like that. Mercy and goodness is following me. It's there when I get up in the morning. It's there when I go to bed at night. I turn around, and there it is again. I turn around, and there's goodness. I turn around, and there's mercy right behind me. They both follow me all the days of my life. Come on, somebody. I feel the power and the presence of the Lord. You need to hear that. Isn't that good news? That he follows, the goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. But there's a catch. If you want the calm of the psalm, you must become one of the shepherd's sheep. So let's summarize. The Lord is my shepherd. You ought to just say, no, he's my shepherd. You've got to be in relationship, though. You, you can't just be some... Oh, yeah, yeah, I go to church, and the, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not. No, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm in relationship with him. It's a covenant together. Because of that, I shall not want. He brings me replenishment. And in those seasons of replenishment, he, he, he makes me to lie down in green pastures where he gives me seasons of rest and recuperation. And he restores my soul. He brings restoration to the broken things, to the weary things. And he brings life back again. Number five is he leads us in the paths of righteousness. He shows us the right way to go. There's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is death and destruction. 
We need to let the Lord lead us. Number six, the great shepherd protects us. He never leaves us. There's no reason to actually fear anything because he is with you. And then, boy, he caps it off with a powerful statement. He says, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. If you can believe it and you can receive it, would you give the Lord some praise right where you're at right now? Amen. I want to close this message out with an invitation because I've, I've had this string attached to it all. I've had this catch in the system, if you will. And that is, if you want the calm of the psalm, you have to become one of the shepherd's sheep. This isn't available to you if you're not one of the shepherd's sheep because it started with relationship. Let me tell you a little story. It's actually pretty cool. I'll try to relay it correctly. In the late 1800s, entertainment consisted of traveling groups that went from one place to the other, and they were groups of actors that went from town to town. And there was one such actor in a small Midwestern town, and the town hall was packed, and the audience was enthusiastic uh, as the orator recited passages from great plays and from beautiful poems and from classic literature. And, of course, you can imagine the orator's voice of saying all these things with great melodrama and great drama. And at the end of the performance, they, they shouted for more, give us more. And the actor then agreed to take a few requests. Immediately, a hand shot up from an older man with a weather-beaten face. And he said, would you, could you recite the 23rd Psalm, please? Well, the actor thought for a minute, and then he said, well, I'll do it, I'll do it on one condition, that after I've finished, you agree to come up and recite it also. Well, puzzled by the whole thing, the old man said, okay, I'll do it. And the actor began, the Lord is my shepherd. And he did his voice with all the inflections that he needed to be very dramatic. And he said, I shall not want. And as he continued, he infused the words with eloquence and with all the tricks of his art of acting. And one by one, the phrases known and loved rolled off of his tongue. And when all the words of the sweet psalm were delivered with oratorical relish, the audience gave the actor yet another enthusiastic standing applause, a standing ovation. Then the man who had requested the psalm came up. His face was not handsome. His voice was thick and uncultured. And yet as he began to speak, his face started to glow, and it was almost like you could see love just beaming off his face and leapt out of his mouth as he be began to quote the words. And when he concluded, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The only sound in the room was the sound of sniffles and people crying. The silence was finally broken when the actor got backed up, back up and he stepped forward and he said, now I want you to know why I wanted him to follow me. This is it. He said, you see, I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd. <sighs> Praise God. That's such a powerful idea to think. You can know the psalm all of your life, but do you know the shepherd? Do you, do you know the shepherd? Can you say, he is my shepherd? 
if you want the calm of the psalm, you got to become one of the shepherd's sheep. And you can enter into that relationship with him right now by praying this prayer with me. I'm going to say a prayer, and I'm going to ask you to repeat the words after me. I'll, I'll, I'll give a pause in the prayer for you to do that, and you can, you can repeat them out loud. You can repeat them under your breath. What matters is that you believe them and you speak them in some way, shape, or manner. And if you'll do that today, you will be saved, and you will become part of the shepherd's flock, and you'll be able to say the great words, not just by quoting the psalm, by knowing the psalm, but by knowing the shepherd. Are you ready? Bow your heads with me. Lord, I've been straying for a long time. Just living my life my own way. Today I confess that I am a sinner. And today I repent from how I've been living. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, for shedding your blood to pay the price for my sins and for raising again from the dead on the third day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, which have been pursuing me, and now I surrender to you by asking you to save me from my sins. Come into my life so that I can become one of your sheep. Enable me to stay close to you, my shepherd, as you feed me and lead me by providing, by protecting, and by preserving me, all for your name's sake. Amen and amen. Praise God. If you said that prayer today, I wish you'd tell somebody. I wish you'd tell a friend. I wish you would turn around and tell your mommy or daddy that you received that prayer and received Jesus. Or, or you, husband and wife, look to your maid and say, I, I made that decision today. If you don't have anyone to tell it to, you know, our, our prayer team is standing by and we want you to call in 989-681-5731 and we want you to call in and say, I said that prayer today and today I can say, the Lord is my shepherd. We want to know that you accepted Christ. We want to celebrate with you and we want to help you along this path today and in the rest of your life as well. Give the Lord some praise. Amen. Hallelujah. We want to thank you so much for being a part of this service with us today. I look forward to spending the mornings with you again this next week in the 714 prayer. Yeah, we look forward to the time that we can all come back together again. Part of me thinks that's still going to be a little bit, if not a whole lot of time passes before we can do that. But until then, let's stay connected. You know what I say every day. Keep your nose in the book.
Keep your knees bent to heaven and stay connected to the body of Christ. We love you and we call you blessed in Jesus' name. Have a great week.